You're listening to The Cage on the Slice and Dice podcast. Now, let's shift planes and jump into the action. Good evening, good morrow, and good day, and welcome to another edition of Slice and Dice. It, as it says at the top, a campaign diary and Q&A. It's not just any regular campaign diary and Q&A because it is an intro to our very new, very exciting uh, campaign, The Cage, uh, which is uh, having our first proper session dropping tonight, uh, shortly after uh, this stream finishes at 6pm. And as you can see, joined by the DM himself uh, of The Cage, Stephen. So what drew you to uh, uh, The Cage or Planescape? So uh, basically... Uh, great, we can hear I you play it. Yeah, great. Um, so I, I played it as a player uh, back in second edition. Uh-huh. Uh, I fell in, fell in love with the world. I fell in love with the... The, the the look of it um i think the uh, i can't remember the guy the the artist basically uh this is this predates wizards i believe so it was still tsr when it first came out mm-hmm. um and the artist um tony and i can't remember his last name apologies um he created the look for planescape and to me that play, that uh look sort of it's so unique to D and it's also uh it adds such a that amazing sort of visual that you can't help but enjoy it. And then I really uh, enjoy the idea of this sort of city that sits outside of the multiverse, but it is sort of connected to the multiverse, and it's connected by what's called portals. These portals are controlled completely by the Lady of Pain, uh, who is an entity sort of unlike all other entities. Um, she, there isn't an, that much known about her, she is known uh, to be an uncaring uh, entity that only cares about keeping Sigil itself safe. Uh-huh. Um, she will take the character, uh, not characters, but anyone sort of who crosses her will get sent to the mazes. The mazes are sort of uh, never-ending uh, dungeons that notably have an exit. So she does give anyone who she sends there a way out. And some have escaped the mazes, but most are never heard of again. Um, oh. And her sort of her history as well, she is thought to either be um, possibly a god or most likely a, a demon that has ascended to become this person. Um, in the Planescape campaign itself, because this is second edition, it ran for uh, quite a f- number of years. And then uh, I believe it was wizards closed it with the faction war so there's something that's known in the 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 city uh that she sort of allows to keep the peace of these 15 different factions and they all sort of have different beliefs um one of an example of one of the factions would be the doom guard which as a player i love them uh just because they're sort of they were a very nihilist uh um, philosophy where they believe the universe itself is crumbling so let's help it along let's end it all and then you have other ones like the um, uh, the Harmonian, who are basically the lawful good paladins, who are basically the police of uh, Sigil. They sort of try to keep everything in check. And then on top of them, you also have a, another group called the Mercy Killers, who um, they like to they run the prisons. They believe in law, but it doesn't have to be lawful good. It can be lawful evil, lawful neutral. They're pretty much as long as the law, as they see it, is held up. Is uh, done. They don't mind. And in the, in the, the it, yeah. So that's sort of the planescape. What I like about it, it, it kind of also gives you the infinite ability to do anything you want in the realms because these portals are connected not just to the um, 
say the the prime material planes. Then this is not just the Toral, but it's also connected connected to there's Dragonlance, there's uh, Ebron, the the there's even uh, Birthright. I think you can connect to uh, Dark Sun as well. But you also have access to the outer planes, which include all of the homes of the gods and various um, character. Uh, when you play it on the primes, you have this uh, idea of when you die, you go to where your god is and you live out your days. That um, That's one of the interesting things about it as well, is people who are planaries have chosen not to go there, because you could just potentially go to where your nirvana is and never leave. So it, it yeah. leads to that question of why you don't just go there, why are you going around the planes? And then, uh, sorry, rambling a bit. No, no, one, no, not at all, carry on. Uh, the other aspect I love about it is there's two warring uh, sort of demons and devils trying to gain control of hell. And that is called the blood war, and it's running sort of all through it. And so they are trying to gain uh, control of uh, Sigil because uh, it's something that they can use to help win the blood war. The the other sort of overarching thing I love about Sigil as well is it's based, the whole thing's based on belief. Um, so in the uh, Outlands, you have these things called gate towns. And what they are is sort of borders between different, uh, 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 like d- different Outlands that you, you that are controlled. And so, especially in the Blood War, if they gain more territory, and the way they gain more territory is through belief. So a town can sort of slip into another sort of uh, demon's control mm. based if they start believing more in that that demon and so there's sort of it's kind of like a winning the hearts and minds idea ah uh, yes of course yes um that's, and it's it's uh, that's always uh, something i think that's not always but it's something that i've, I've seen as a bone of contention sometimes is is you know very much drawing a line in the sand between demons and devils because they are meant to be two very different kinds of uh you know fiends um so but they i think i watched a a couple of videos about planescape stuff and i think that kind of helped solidify i think they they play into that same view that one of them uh is more lawful and the other one's more chaotic out of demons yes exactly so the 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 worldview is one one is lawful evil and one is chaotic evil Mm. that's sort of the how they work and those two well both evil obviously law and chaos don't mix and so if you had that as a your overarching uh philosophy you're going to have conflict and that, to me that was something that's quite interesting where you you're not just looking at evil as is bad yes it is is bad but you're looking at what would it mean to be chaotic evil what would it mean to be lawful evil could you have some sort of uh order uh, order and logic to it because obviously chaotic evil would lose all the time to lawful evil because if they're always chaotic you're not gonna so they must have some form of structure yeah um and uh oh uh, i should say uh marshall um our own uh leobrin from the uh, uh from our main campaign the uh the many lands campaign uh has commented with uh, uh tony deter uh um was the yes. tony thing you were looking for uh, yes. there you go. excellent so, so yeah thank you chat keeping on top of that um okay so what made you want to choose planescape as uh, the setting for your game because uh i i I think you said before it may not have been on microphone at that time that it was uh that it was something that you had played in uh, when you were younger as as well as a player yeah exactly so one of the sort of i had a group that i played with for about 10 12 years and one of what we did is with that group is we alternated um sort of who was running the games and we had one one guy who he chose this this world 
uh, well, because it's sort of all worlds, but he chose to run this. And uh, it was just, I really liked the the, the concept of a sigil. I liked the, the way it looked, the sort of feel of it. Um, that sort of, uh, sort of almost, I would say, um, like a Blade Runner style, but fantasy, but no tech. Like it's one, one thing they make very clear, actually, if you read uh, stuff, that it's, there is no tech. It isn't like, um, uh, is it Eberron? The one that's sort Eberron, of yes, tech Eberron, magic. Yes. Yeah. So, the, I mean, like that comes and things, yeah. Yeah. And it's very much using it. I also like that, that concept as well as if you had magic around for 2,000 years, you would have developed like golems that were uh, doing things for you that you, you would have uh, been using magic to make lives easier. You would have had sort of a, a mass transit running on magic, it just is something you would have been doing. So, that I like as well. But the, this is very much. Uh, sort of everything's sort of broken down, um, and everything's constantly changing. One of that's one of the things that the the lady of the pain herself does is she sort of makes sure the balance is never gone too far in one way, and that's sort of how you end up in the mazes. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, um, and I one other thing uh, I gathered with the different factions is how they play into alignments as well, with the the lady of pain kind of being at the very center, perhaps the true neutral i guess holding everything everything together is there is there something to that or is that more a speculative kind of view uh no there is something definitely to that but uh, it's interesting because she it's so little is known about her even the way they describe her in the sort of the details is basically she doesn't play a part um and if Mm. player characters ever do run come across her it's not going to go well because she there's a, her shadow kills people. Like it's just, she is something you never want to come across and never want to have dealings with, but she will use proxies to sort of use, uh, people to help her gain her goals. What, like what the way they sort of ended, uh, Planescape with the faction war was she uses the player characters to help sort of end the faction war. And at the end of it, the, the factions no longer exist. As as you know them, so we we've given a little bit of an intro to uh, to the Planescape setting and to Sigil, the City of Doors, or the Cage as it's otherwise known. Um, but uh, who yeah. are these? Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and the reason why it's known as the Cage is because the only way is through the portals. So mm. potentially, the lady could because she controls all portals, she can shut them. So you can yeah. have no way and no out. Uh, the and other part. I was going to say the Lady of Pain is completely like like got to be a pretty damn powerful being if she can keep the literal gods out of um, out of Sigil. That that's you got to be pretty strong to be able to do that. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the other interesting things is the the gods themselves cannot enter, but their their magic does work, which is which is interesting. So if you're a priest, you're not cut off, but your god can't come through to. And I believe there is even one. War uh, Vecna does at one yes. point come in and sort of take over, and then is repulsed. But that is, uh, and it, yeah, they, they did. I mean, it's interesting because they did a lot with that uh, in the series, and there's there's so much information out there. It was the other thing I, I really liked about it is a lot of people have taken up uh, this and um, are running it. There was even some good five, uh, fifth edition campaigns running out there that. I, I've done a little bit of looking around just to help me with mine, um, and I think I might do more uh, looking what they're doing. 
But um, officially, though, uh, obviously, um, Wizards is not doing anything for Planescape. And there was actual talk that, and excuse me, the person who was doing it uh, was going to start writing Planescape again. Oh, really? So, yeah, so there was there is there is still hope that um, that it will come back as an official fifth supported for fifth. I was, yeah, was going to say that it, because it's definitely referenced uh, in uh, you know in, in other settings and so on. Like I have I've heard of Sigil before, and uh, uh, you know, and the uh, uh, the what's it called the, the 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 tower. I forget the name of the tower, but it, the fact that it's the Infinite Tower or something like that. The infinite Tower, yeah. That um, sort of sits in the middle of the outlands, but yeah, yeah, and that that whole the great wheel with all of the different planes on, because they, you know, they still have um, planar travel as part of fifth edition. There's obviously the the elemental planes, the ethereal plane, astral plane. All these things are mentioned. Um, so you know, in that sense, in in terms of the law, planescape's still there. Like it's still part of of uh, of the game. So yeah, it'd be it'd be very interesting to see it. Uh, uh, to see a, a, a actual fifth edition book brought out on it as marshall said in the comments and i have heard this before that it's called sigil rather than sigil i mean it's spelt sigil it's spelt right? it's spelt sigil and I, I mean to be fair i think i've called it sigil as well but i think that's 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 just the way people interpret it as well it could be the north america versus sort of europe because i was listening to one of the, the youtube video i was listening to and i've heard one where they're calling it sigil another one where they were calling it sigil and i just remember just the the inner sort of uh uh um what can i say Pe- uh, pedant inside me was just going was just going it's sigil why are you saying sigil that's just wrong uh yeah just just too much for me anyway moving on because it may be that i was incorrect there and it is actually sigil uh and yeah, much says it's pronounced sigil in D D. well okay uh, uh, well, again, it, it is. A, it, I think it's a, again. It's a North American because it, North American. Its bit, origins yeah. are it, it was it, sort of that's where it's from. But I, it's funny though because I remember there was an episode of um, uh, where Matt Mercer was saying sigil instead of or saying sigil instead of sigils, and the, the players were yeah. making fun of him for it. But, uh, I, I see. Well, you see. I think it could be a, tra- a transatlantic thing, possibly. Um, but I guess we can. Uh, they enjoyed his pronunciation so much it made. Uh, they enjoyed his pronunciation so made it canon, is what Marshall said. Well, thank you, thank you for that. I, I'm going to have to take a little while to now reprogram my brain to say sigil instead of sigil. But it's written sigil. Ah, okay, it's fine. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's we'll just call it the city of doors uh, or the cage, and then no, the cage. They, then you're then you're fine. And then you're fine because nobody's going to say no. It's it's actually the keg. No, <laughs> well, it's not well. You know, it's I mean uh, the, the word um, the, just a bit off topic, but the word um, uh, you know decal. Mm-hmm. So the province I'm from, and it's pretty much this province only. We call it decal. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, these uh, just pronunciation is a funny thing, isn't it? And it does vary from. From territory to territory um because accents come into play as well and it's just ah oh. and then you start borrowing from other languages and you know what uh, let's not fall down into this spiral of uh, of uh, hellish uh phrases yes famous actor nicholas cage <laughs> cage 
Nick Cage. Yeah, brilliant. Anyway, let's move on from that, shall we? Uh, enough about Sigil or Sigil or however you want to call it. Let's talk more about uh, this intrepid band of heroes or, or misfits or whatever you would call them. Uh, the player characters from the campaign, I think probably, uh, if if you don't mind, Stephen, get your thoughts and sort of... Um, uh, initial bit, bits of information about uh, the characters. We'll, we'll go in alphabetical order. So we'll start with uh, the one and only Belmine. So uh, interesting beginnings for her being introduced to the group, having dreamt about uh, Caraptacus and then seeking him out. Uh, what can you tell us about Belmine? So, yeah, Belmine is, is an interesting character. She is um, basically from an, a different prime world. Uh, she is from Eberron. The the actual the class character combo she's using, and the class actually sorry she's using this part of the some of the rules that I borrowed for Planescape, and so oh, she yes. is technically an arcane uh, arcane cleric, but it's sort of mixed uh, with the, the Planescape rules, which makes it a bit nicer because it gives her some more languages, and hopefully we'll give you guys bit of a help dealing with the planes. Uh, her um, actual race is quite interesting because it's a human that's uh, bonded with the spirit that's sort of uh, thousands, if not a millennia old. Mm. And it kind of gives her this uh, standoffish um, type personality, which is, is good. And if you do look at her, her character sheet, which is uh, quite interesting, she, she has ridiculous wisdom uh, very, a good, a good intelligence, and a, another very high constitution. So, uh, which makes her an interesting character because that's offset by dismal charisma. Yeah, yes, she's not going to be making many friends easily. I think, uh, despite knowing what, everything that she does. Uh, yeah, and I think that exactly, and I think that's the, the main challenge with that character. And I'm quite uh, interesting to see how Angelique plays it because it, it's going to be someone who's going to have all the knowledge, but persuading the party to do what they, you know think that things based off that knowledge is going to be quite hard because they're not going to want to follow her they're going to probably find her annoying more annoying than crafticus which is possible <laughs> which is saying something right yes um, and it's i i think from the charisma thing as well i know for uh, angelique who plays her this was really against type for her because she's naturally always wants to play bards or other charisma based characters like so she's into, you know, characters that are going to be strong in the role-playing side of things and kind of get what they want So, uh, by convincing people. So with Belmine, it's like complete opposite. I think we see this with quite a few of the players and their characters are completely the opposite from who we've played in the uh, uh, in the Fanzling campaign, which, of course, um, we'll be coming back to eventually. Um, but not until we've got through all this. But it's, it's just nice to kind of see that playing against type and, and trying things out. And I, I, I think uh, she's, she's enjoying really like trying out something different like that. Yeah, I think it's early days yet, but I think she is uh, definitely, she's enjoying the sort of dichotomy for that for her, her charisma base. Plus, uh, she is the, the, the DM in the other game. So again, uh, it's interesting for her, but I think she's also playing your other game right now. Guess guest starring in another character as well. That's right. Yes, she's in our um, in our streamed campaign, live stream campaign on Mondays. Uh, it's a nice plug for that. There, um, she's playing a, a little gnome wizard, uh, deep gnome wizard, Sverf uh, Sverf uh named Brina, and she is just delightful. Just like just this really adorable, very whimsical gnome. that's just a bundle of joy, and then that kind of 
it's kind of the antithesis of some of our some of the main party which is really nice to see that that play off against each other and actually kind of bring them out of their shells a bit and kind of yeah it's it's kind of leading them into a, into a goodly direction which i feel feel like some of them definitely needed so <laughs> so that's quite nice um, that's good yeah, yeah. And, and that's, i think we touched on this a bit with the other characters it's, i think this party is it's so lawful good yeah it's at least at least three characters are a for good of of the six, if not more, actually. Uh, and one of them is Belmine, right? Is she? she yeah, exactly. Belmine's a lot for good. So that again, it will be interesting when you have someone who has that uh, high wisdom, high intelligence character, but very uh, not charismatic. So I think it's going to come off in in an interesting way. But yeah, it seems our party makeup, as we'll see as we go on, like you say, there's a lot of. Well, there's a lot of good, certainly some some lawful goods. You said three lawful goods, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good, not not much in the neutral department that I'm aware of, um, and also uh, very fightery. No. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be interesting, I think, though, with Ezekiel, because I think he's chaotic good, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think that sounds about right, because I think he has a bit of a disdain for for law, if I remember, or at least civilized law. Like He likes to be out out in the world. Yeah, and so I, we'll see how that plays against the the lawful type, especially uh, Evan, because Evan's definitely playing the uh, lawful dumb, as, as you say, which is fits his character. But yes. uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it'd be interesting. So it'd be interesting how all these pieces mix together with Belmine um, sort of trying to lead the way, but not being able to. She's going to have to convince. I think it looks like Evan's sort of becoming the uh, proxy leader just because these. Sort of the guy, the guy who's the charisma who's doing the talking, which um, will probably there'll probably be a lot of talking in this campaign. We'll see how that goes because my characterizations cannot be the best. Like I have the background to play that off, so we'll see how that goes. You might well, you might I, end uh, up fighting more. Oh uh, well, I mean, this party seems to be more built for fighting, so uh, so it will be interesting to st- to see them try to wade their way through social situations without any social faux pas. Uh, probably not helped much by our next character, although he is the one of only two characters with the positive charisma score, uh, that being the <laughs> wizard uh, Caraptacus and my character. I have the pleasure of playing this uh, this guy. So um, before I, I, I start um, start on him, uh, what, what's your, your uh, impressions of Caraptacus? What can you tell us about him? Well, I think Caraptacus is that character I think you need in, in a party. He sort of brings the party together uh, not through um, charisma, even though he's not too bad in that department, sort of through his mishaps. His mishaps sort of make people sort of react to the situations around him, which I think, uh, and, and you do a nice job of sort of playing that as in, oh yeah, I meant to do that. That's exactly how this should have happened, um, which uh, again, adds the, a little bit of humor and then I think the, it'll force the, the characters to sort of react and hopefully also move things along because historically our parties have a tough time moving along. There's a lot of decision-making that goes into the processing, which uh, will, will again will be interesting because of the heavy fighter, sort of a frontline fighter to this party. Mm. So there is a bit more temptation, I think, with that to sort of just wade in and then sort out everything. Where Karapikas definitely does not want to do that. He's very much, I think, on the fringe of that. So it's a very it's an interesting dichotomy. And I think uh, Karapikas is... Again, he adds that bit of humor, and he adds, adds um, a bit of unknown, even though you, you have the, the, the counterplay between the air Genasi, which is nice. Uh, we're seeing that sort of develop more and more. 
And especially you have your different birth well, where you have someone like uh, Celine who knows where she's from, knows who she is, but is here by complete accident. Whereas Crapticus doesn't really know where he's from, knows that she's an air genasi, but doesn't really remember his much of his life before sort of being on the prime uh, world of Toro. Mm. Yeah, they're very much two sides of a coin, aren't they? Both, and it, it's it's interesting because we've never before had two of the exact same race and sub race uh, in a game um, to to play with. Um, it's always been because there's so many to choose from, obviously. But it, it, obviously, uh, neither Jess nor myself actually conversed about characters before making them and then suddenly it was like oh we've okay that's cool i I like this there's definitely potential there and uh like yeah it was a big sort of uh, catalyst for caraptacus meeting Celine, the first ever of his kind that he's ever met um just to kind of go oh i'm not alone in this world oh there are more like me and i think if anything that was one of the big fuels to the fire for him wanting to find a, a portal uh and have all this stuff happen as you say he is uh, uh i would say yeah like a catalyst is probably a good word corrupticus the catalyst um in, a, in, the, yeah, definitely. in in the chaotic and yeah mis- yeah misadventure kind of way with his low wisdom but high intelligence and then trying to t- talk himself out of trouble and more often than not talking himself into trouble um so yeah i guess he kind of unifies the party in that way um hopefully not in a in a just overall just disdain for him i think he's got enough rede- redeeming qualities hopefully uh <laughs> in time that uh that yeah. will keep them together and i yeah, i think definitely i think he's already proved himself useful and i think as going forward being sort of the only true uh magic type in the party uh you're going to be quite useful i mean yes uh but i mean does and will i think get more magical as it goes along but you i think you'll become uh more useful and hopefully the two of you in between the uh ranger will make up for the lack of a rogue because i think that could pose some problems because mm-hmm. they're sort of the, the natural puzzle solvers in a way because they have the, yeah. the multi-skill disciplines yes that and the uh the bards are like the skill monkeys aren't they they, they get all yeah. of the different skill proficiencies which we kind of lack it's gonna be yeah but that's you know presenting its own challenges this could it could be interesting to see how we work around those problems it may influence some spell choices later as well to kind of make up for the lack of roguiness or maybe that we'll see a multi-class with one of the characters at some point i don't know well i actually don't know how how deep will go levels wise in with this campaign it's all quite a kind of a mystery you don't need to spoil it it's cool um, uh yeah no it's, it's fine yeah i mean it's one of those ones we'll see see how it goes because it's meant to be just sort of a one-off ish type thing but uh it, it lends itself naturally sort of to a much larger uh campaign but i don't know yeah it's one of those ones we'll see how much people want and from it because it's it'll be definitely because yeah I, I do i do have some plans and sometimes i've I really want to include, but I don't even know what they're they're going to be. And that that sort of centers around the character from Angelique's campaign, uh, and that's Kitrai. I think oh, this yes. this one can help sort of tell the story about his uh, origins, possibly, and or what's what's the backstory to him without him? Because yeah, there is a definite larger thing there. And you've already met um, initially Dath, who was again missing. So we'll see. It depends on what the party to do with that if they want to pursue looking for him not looking for him or even how that story rolls maybe yeah mm. and even I... from an outside perspective with uh daff and uh and kitrai 
um even if like i hadn't hadn't ever spoken to you about either of those characters the fact that you play both of them and that they are both gith characters like automatically like uh, suspicions are raised like ah there must there, there may be a link between these two characters but what what is this thing so it's gonna be yeah really nice to have that that tie in with um yeah like say with with angelique's game um as well so it, it, this all kind of interconnects into one very large multiversical world Definitely, which blends nicely to the Planescape sort of mix. So we'll definitely see how that goes. Yeah, and, and, and interesting how Decrapticus gets along in this world, how he, you know, he's definitely going to meet more Genasi plus Air, Air Genasi just by, well, that's, I shouldn't say that for sure, because it really depends where you go and what you see. Um, but yeah, and it helps. He's one of the planar races, because again, that gives you certain advantages that the yes. primes don't have that's that that's it's going to be interesting to see how how we develop that as we go along because there's already been the talk of like the separation of the planers and the the primes in certain skill checks and things so it's it's going to be yeah it's going to be fun to play and like and it's it's also maybe it's an air genasi thing um that they both uh both Karapticus and celine in different ways both kind of make things happen in the party uh one more uh through chat and one more through actions uh, but we'll talk on that. Well, I guess we'll touch on that when we get to Celine. Um, so yeah, next up is over to our. Uh, as we were talking, a ma- fish out of water. Um, the lawfulest of the lawful good paladins, uh, Evan Dundragon. Right, Evan, and Evan uh, again is uh, quite sort of interesting uh, because he is uh, sort of lawful dumb. He's and I think Kermit or Steve is playing. That character very well like he he subscribes to very much a routine you know again i think he's one of those characters who you know wakes up has his porridge does his uh morning calisthenics then comes out greets his day puts his armor on and and uh and that's the way he sees the world and he sees the world in a very much blinders on this is the way it is and now he's been thrown into a world where none of that's real anymore and everything's sort of based on belief and if enough people believe it it is true uh, and that's how gods sort of live and die, um, and him being the paladin, I think, will be an interesting for him to sort of grip to terms with that. And you've already run into um, some Harmonian or Hardheads, which seem like they led you astray, but I think I've, I've added a bit of backstory in there for him, and it's coming coming a little bit out, so it's giving you, you're starting to form those ties within the factions and uh, sort of the Dizens, dizens of the of of uh, uh, Sigil, as in it's, not Sigil. It, it's kept yep, Sigil, yep, yep, yep. We will. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going down that route again. Um, but I think it'd be fun for Caraptacus, like um, because I've been saying it as Sigil, and I think he has as well. So it'd be fun for him because obviously he's only ever read it in books to then you know be calling it that and then be corrected and have to to unlearn and to learn it as Sigil instead. Um, a nice little touch to kind of cover up my error there. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's, I think it's perfect because again, you, you you don't have much memory of your time before, so it's definitely something you would have like, you know. But I think that if you've heard it a certain way, I think it should be pronounced that way. That would be sort of good. I, it would it also adds to how much you guys are out of like fish out of water, definitely for all of the party. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, some of that will come out. You do have one sort of helper character with you guys already, but. We'll see how Scully, that plays out. yes. Scully. We need a guide of some kind if we're in this whole new world. So it's it's uh, 
it's definitely it's it's fun. he's a fun character anyway that's been introduced scully it's good to to kind of have somebody who can guide us but equally is completely lost without us in the sense that he doesn't have any limbs so movement <laughs> is quite difficult um so you touched on the faction stuff um mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of come up in episode one um session one as soon as we hit um uh, sigil so the uh there are obviously i think we talked earlier in the video actually about all the, uh, the different ones um but do you think it's going to be uh, a sense of some of the party members will be approached by certain factions it's not going to be but then sorry but then we're all going to be together as a party probably doing stuff for a faction but we're not necessarily all going to be able to join a faction or the same yeah faction. well i think because of the lawful nature of the party, I think there's only certain ones that's going to probably fit what you want them to be. Um, I don't think Doomguard will work, but maybe Ezekiel would be a good Doomguard candidate. Um, the Harmonian are probably good. Mercy Killers also would work probably for Ezekiel, but uh, Harmonian uh, especially... The Mercy yeah. Killers maybe not so much given certain events, uh, spoilers, well, uh, for the end of session one. <laughs> Yes, but it, yeah, so the thing is, within a faction, you have obviously it, it's just a point of view. It doesn't mean you're good or bad necessarily. So, Mercy's Killers himself, I think, are overall a good organization. It's just you've come across some, uh, one of them, anyhow, that uh, it's got other plans. And it, the, um, uh, sorry, there's a bit of spoiler. The loss of the limb of one of the characters actually fits right into uh, sort of a, a one of the modules I'm trying to sort of adapt into it because it just so happens there's something about it's similar. So it's interesting that that's worked out. I was I was doing some reading over the weekend. I was like, this is perfect. I don't know how this worked out, but it works nicely in. So and whether that actually comes to fruition, but yeah, because yes, yeah, but yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm spoiling too much, but you're probably going to come across a Modron or two. Which well, Crapticus has mentioned about metal dudes. So in session one, so to try and reassure Tussle, that didn't really work. But there we are. Um, yeah. So it's uh, and Evan's reaction to seeing to seeing these things, I think, is going to well for most of these alien creatures is just going to be priceless. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say sorry for Evan. It's going to be quite interesting because there is nothing more lawful than the Modrons, and so his his sort of thoughts and the way he thinks they will get right behind it but it would be interesting because they're so out of his experience as a what what is alive to him mm. and do you uh have because i assume kermit would have has spoken to you and you've you, yeah, done some backstory stuff so in terms of obviously he's a paladin evident evan um what's uh, what is the deity that he follows or is there one i don't he hasn't actually stated that and i should push him on that uh yeah i don't know that he follows any specific one uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going over this. I think he's oh, no. something about something uh, to do with the natural world, but I can't remember. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's Ill Matter. Ah. That's so his fate. Who Ill Matter is. I'd have to look it up myself. I hadn't. I actually knew that. It's, he's one of the, definitely one of the uh, Toro gods. I've, yeah, I've definitely heard of it. I can't think what they're the god or goddess of. That's probably... But with uh, with Evan, as with because um, obviously we're joining, we're currently level two. So for um, Crapticus and for um, 
uh, and for Belmean, it's like, well, we already know what subclass they, they've got because that was a level one, level two choice. But for the rest of the characters, it's going to be really exciting to see, I mean, provided they don't die, um, getting to level three, what they yeah, that, choose. That they really, it's a big step for them, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I kind of, I was thinking about giving it to them just for sort of surviving that uh, slimy staircase. But, um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I kind of wanted to it just, it, I think it's great now. They're fine in terms of power. So we'll see what, what happens and what, what they do with that. Um, for some of the party, it's going to be some good changes coming. So uh, again, uh, Tussle herself is is uh, going to think can take the wild, wild. Um, is it the wild barbarian one? That's sort of the new Earth Arcana one. I, I I I don't know that one. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it, it's a good. It, uh, we looked it up and, and I've talked about how she's probably going to need to uh, change it a bit to sort of meet the technological mix with her. So uh, yeah. Which, she's um, got she, she's got an interesting uh, backstory as well, which I mean we'll get to her obviously, um, but I, I guess that's going to inform part of that that choice. Yeah, well. exactly. And so yeah, so his god is the god of suffering and martyrdom and pres perseverance. Sorry, okay, compassion, endurance. So it, it fits who sounds, he is. I think totally spot on from what I know of Evan. So yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, one last thing I should, should say with with Evan. Um, obviously, he's one of only two characters who came from the sort of the prequel, if you like, of the Amphel assassin. And um, there was Daff as well, but obviously Daff is more of an NPC now in um, <laughs> in this yeah. in this story. Hopefully, we'll see him again. But uh, the only other person that Evan has that he knows before um, the events of um, uh, of this portal. Um, endeavor is Caraptacus and they are like chalk and cheese they are the total although Caraptacus isn't chaotic so not in a you know in that sense by um, alignments they are personality wise completely the opposite definitely yeah, definitely I think uh, Caraptacus is much more the accepting and let's explore this is neat this is new and Evan is quite the I don't like new Make no, this stop. keep it the same. I, I like yeah. keep keep the control. I, I like what I know, and let's not expand that, please. <laughs> but equally, they're both uh, they are both not the wisest of individuals. Um, so they so they're not as different as they perhaps perhaps think. It's just their outlook may be quite different. Yeah, I mean, within that, the, you can do quite a bit with that. I think with the because they obviously uh, they come from different backgrounds, different different things would trigger them. And, it seems like it, it, that's how it seems to be playing out, which is good. Which again, I hope. I think I mentioned this uh, before I mean, mm. with the other ones, but the thing about like Evan is he's somewhat predictable. I mean, it, obviously Kermit may change that at some point, but uh, that makes it, I think, my job not easier. But it helps moving story along. I think sometimes that I yeah. kind of know how one character should ish react to this situation, so I can kind of plan for that. Which I, which would be nice because obviously once in a while he's not going to, and then. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice uh, as a DM to, to know, have that understanding of the character that f at least to some extent that you can predict, yeah, like you say, how they can react rather than having complete agents of chaos where you just don't know what they're going to do next because that, that can be a worse nightmare for what you're planning. Oh, yeah. like, they might kill all my NPCs for no reason. Like that, We don't want that. <laughs> We're not playing an evil campaign, guys. Please, no. Yeah, that's what the, the chaotic good types. You have to watch out for them. They are very, very interesting. 
Well, speaking of chaotic good types, that's who we've got next. Someone who has wisdom in their arsenal. Now, our next character, Ezekiel, the half-orc ranger. Now, obviously, um, in uh, Tales of the Soul Coast, or from the Vandaling game that Angelique was running before we started the cage, you're playing Kitri, who we mentioned before, uh, who him- he himself is a ranger, so I'd be interested to hear your insight into another ranger character. Well, I, I like what um, the Johnny, the player, has done with them. I mean, he, he's kind of, uh, and this is something obviously the other characters haven't got to learn yet, because he's been largely quiet about himself, which is quite uh, good. But he comes from sort of a, what we would term in our actual world as a Native American background. That's sort of how he's put it together. And, uh-huh. he's, uh, and he's been, um, uh He's left for a number of reasons. I don't want to get too much away as to why yet, but it, it's I like what he's come from and dealt with it, and, it, and it's an interesting take on sort of the half-orc uh, ranger that I think will prove uh, an interesting uh, sort of character out there. And I love Johnny's accent. I think he's done a really nice job with that. Um, I wish I could do voices better than I can. That's one of the things that I'm, I may try some, but we'll see. <laughs> no pressure of course no yeah, pressure no, at all the, the problem for me is i can do voices but i tend to forget them as in a sense i'll be like next week i'll be like oh crap how, what was the inspiration for that character's voice i don't remember anymore. oh gone i st- i get that in the the many lands thing as well there's definitely been a character or two uh where i haven't used them for like 20 sessions and then i've come back to them and suddenly their accents change because i couldn't remember what it was before um <laughs> or i've misremembered or what have you um ezekiel uh as well is um i, I don't think we i don't think we see uh, half orcs as uh, as a ranger build enough because i think that they like uh, people forget that that rangers aren't all about dexterity it's important but they can be strength based as well uh, and in his case he's got both of those yeah in his arsenal. Say, he's, he's kind of covered both uh, of those i mean he, his dump stat was intelligence which it's interesting for a ranger not to have intelligence because you kind of need intelligence to be a ranger but a bit of I investigation he, and that sort of thing exactly yeah it, it, it lends to that naturally but when you look at his sheet it hasn't really hampered him that well and i think he's he's built it in, in, in a way that will be good and it, it's this especially vital you have him because you don't have a rogue in your party yes which as uh the sort of the first full session kind of showed you you almost got defeated by a locked door yeah we uh yes ro- yeah yeah there, there, there is the opening doors is a very much a, a requirement in the city of doors and we don't have anyone who can open them besides with brute force um yeah, so perhaps in the perhaps in the future we might see a multi-class with a rogue dip, or maybe we'll just find some other ways around locked doors, um, which, which you know we can get at higher levels. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, a, a ranger uh, mixed with a rogue is is very potent. You, you can do some good good things with that, and we'll see as well because playing the ranger uh, as well, um, the ranger class itself feels a little bit unfinished. It feels like they could have done a bit better with it. Especially when you compare it to what you could do with a fighter mixed with, uh, say, e- e- even a rogue or um, uh, even a wizard. Like those those combinations, you could kind of make up for the ranger bits. Uh, oh yeah, like a combination of fighter, rogue, druid, that sort of thing would would give you. I think that's one of the the main things that's kind of lobbied against the ranger. In fact, I covered this more about the ranger 
in the first Don't Believe the Hype video on YouTube, uh, which hopefully I'll be doing a second one. I should be working on a second one possibly next week, actually. Uh, but I'll keep everyone posted on when that comes out. But yeah, the Ranger, um, out of all the classes, I, I, I think Unfinished is probably uh, a good way of putting it because I don't think the features that it's got are necessarily bad it's just that um when you look at it then compared to some of the other classes some of it can it doesn't always but can have a danger of being squandered or not or not utilized like it can they can be a bit too conditional i guess uh, yeah, with some of yeah. their features Whereas fortunately like... sorry go ahead no no no, no. i didn't mean to cut you off um... no i was just i was i was just gonna say fortunately um with the ezekiel i kind of i think that he's he definitely has uh, that role to fill and can be very much utilized as as a ranger uh, with his tracking uh, his and his stealth and that sort of thing, like the, those kind of skills that he has. And also being aberrations as a, a favored enemy, you know, c- could well be useful. Yeah, it, it definitely could be, could be. That, and that's something, I mean, as, as the, the DM, I want to try to make each character have their day i i, I mm. want to try to balance it as well i mean yeah i want people to enjoy the time they're having so forcing them to take characters they wouldn't want doesn't seem something i would want to do and i'd like to have them feel that their character was got to contribute sort of each session and even sort of with that first session even though it was a pretty uh sort of puzzly trap type situation I, li- I wanted to end it with sort of a major fight, which is what you would do anyhow. And the reason why I wanted that was so that the characters that were more uh, <laughs> sort of that, they would they would feel that they they really contributed. And in the end, it, you, I mean, you had to have that. You needed them. And uh, and that, I think, will, will lead to the next two characters, really, because that's... Uh-huh. And that's yeah, I was going to say, 100%, yeah. The, the, the one thing about this party as well, which is I found surprising, especially compared to our la- other campaign with both players in, is the sort of frontline fighter heaviness of this yes. party there are so many frontline characters we have uh barbarian which we haven't touched on yet uh the fighter which we're bringing up now uh a strong ranger uh and of course our paladin so you know that's four quite quite you know quite big hitters and then you've got the cleric and the the wizard at the back and even <laughs> even the cleric itself is more I, I think she's become more offensive as she plays this character. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. Clerics can do all kinds of frontline stuff if they want to, depending on you know various things. But they, they've got such an arsenal of spells to choose from um, as well, being you know that they, they can change it daily from their entire list. That's why I've never touched a cleric really apart from one time for a one shot because i just thought that's too much choice i'll be paralyzed with choice as uh pavel says in the chat wizards can hit big too though yes they can oh, oh yes yeah. the glass cannon this, i mean yeah this well that's always been the uh sort of big complaint people have had about D is that at the higher levels wizards just sort of take over the show uh, it's, it's interesting when you when you look at that because it, obviously the damage they can do mm-hmm especially like, uh to multiple foes is yeah they can completely well higher levels they're bending reality to their will it's just insane with the, with the spell casters at higher levels not sure if this campaign will get to that higher level but certainly i'm so i'm certainly hoping it for for my character's sake at least that we get high enough that he can do some some cool shit 
Um, <laughs> speaking yes. of cool stuff, though, uh, as you were saying, uh, our more fightery characters. Uh, here we are with Celine, the fighter, and notably the second Air Genasi in the party. It's quite... We're not used to having two characters who have exactly the same race and sub-race. So uh, this campaign, by coincidence, ended up with two. Um, yeah, which, which, when you, because it was it when it happened, I was like, oh, that's interesting, because I sort of gave you guys uh, the option of pretty much picking any race from like any anywhere book. you could find it, <laughs> yeah. as long as it was a sort of accepted source, uh, then it was all yours. So yeah, having two characters of the same is interesting, and it's nice because uh you, there's obvious things you could have done. You could have done the brother sister thing. You could have done uh, some sort of relation. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe in the end there may be some sort of connection, but you haven't. So it, they're just randomly two air genesis that uh, happen to. Upon I let's th- think it was destiny uh, that... <laughs> that they should meet. Uh... Yes, ride destiny ride. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it it it's and I, I, I like her character. Uh, I, again, she provides a foil to the, actually the whole party. She's a very much. Like I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. He's very curious, very uh, very much likes to try things out. I mean, uh, obviously we the nickname of I just poke it, or sort of the catchphrase of I just poke it is now hers. Yes. Which is... You will see even more of that in the session uh, when we release it, guys, uh, um, at six o'clock. Yeah, so not far away. But yeah, you'll you'll see with with Celine uh, that she really is, uh, yeah, the curious kind of uh, cat of the group just wanders in and goes just knocks things over because she feels like it um oh should say sorry played by jess of course um and yeah uh it's her uh how she came to be part of the party i find also quite interesting i know you said Stephen, you haven't yet had her backstory yet um so there's there are probably some some holes to fill there but you've certainly got some insight into the character yeah, I mean, and how it- she kind of came to be Exactly. She basically, she, her parents had a, a portal that she, I guess, knew about, uh, and decided she would try it out. <laughs> Ended up, sort of, with this ragtag trying to get back to that. Um, and she comes from a, a high noble birth. And now she's hanging out with pretty much the lower middle, I would say, type characters who don't yeah. have any understanding of what that would mean or be. Uh, and it's a nice again it's it's a nice dynamic the i think everyone has sort of looked at their characters and brought uh, something different to the table um and you get you get some stereotypes thrown in there but i think that's what you need you need something to sort of build the frame around yeah and then you go from there and it uh it, it works works well and um yeah i think jess has done a really nice job of sort of fleshing out the differences between the two of you and there is a bit of rivalry between the two, which is nice, uh, I think. And uh, I think Corrupticus is interested in why there's another Air Genasi. Because, again, he doesn't know where he's from. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, you know, his origins. And yet here's someone just like him who he hasn't seen for as long as he can remember. Uh, yeah. Again, it's a different dynamic layer between yeah um and it's it's again the so it's the first of his kind that he's ever met that he know knowingly has met and equally they are the complete opposite ends of the you know um wealth and status spectrum having uh 
this noble fighter him being a very poor wizard like it's just uh, there's something really really nice about it um about that that dichotomy i guess um and how they i guess are the opposites but also quite similar in in certain respects i mean they both uh have dumped wisdom as <laughs> much as anything yep. else they're both um, dumb wisdom and i mean yeah and she's she's not bad for intelligence she's I mean, average and inte- above well in between average and, and uh intelligence she's uh yeah i think i like the, i mean sort of the the way the justice sort of decided to play out that low wisdom is has been good like as in why wouldn't i do this yeah so like just poking effects. things I, yeah yeah, yeah. she's it's... not worried about the after effect which is i think a nice nice mix you got to, you got to lean into those dump stats. Um, and speaking of leaning into the dump stats, final character uh, from the party, Tussle, uh, the Warforged Barbarian. Uh, again, like, and with you were saying about dump stats, I think she, um, Lucy, who plays her, um, kind of leads in, leans in and plays with those dump stats in, in an interesting way, like not not in a, in the completely obvious way all the time. Uh, no, I think yeah, she, I, yeah I, I I enjoy the Lucy's characters. Are, all have a lot of character in them sometimes you're like okay tone it down your character is character wow it's it's there but i really <laughs> love uh how tussle sort of forming and coming about uh, i feel a little bit ba- bad because something not so good happens to her in the first ish yeah uh, but it, I, there's a reason why it, it's her picture on the uh on the title card for this session <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, she. I, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, that character a lot, and I think the plans she has for her, as well as sort of the the third level uh, change she's going to apply, will suit her. And even uh, the way uh, Lucy approaches all of her characters, she always adds in so much detail. Even with her backstory, she didn't just give me her backstory, but she gave someone else's backstory as well. So she has <laughs> a, a, someone to like help her backstory along, and so you help understand how it's working uh, and yeah it, it, it's good and um i think she's t- it, it's very interesting to have a warforged barbarian they seem like they shouldn't go together but i think lucy's done a nice job of making it obvious mm. that yes they do go together like it's perfect like uh like especially with the details between the two two sets of eyes and the lights it, it i think it adds that uh, nice visual level to it you don't get a lot of the time you know when you're just talking through uh, you know theater of the mind type type things yeah that's that's certainly true i think i think there's the uh, the stereotype i guess with warforges because of their natural ability to incorporate armor into themselves i think that's that's why perhaps people go wait why would you go barbarian because they can go unarmored and it's like well yeah but warforged like uh, it just it just works really well there's a terminator vibe to the cat to the character like i was half expecting it to be introduced via some kind of portal just like you know teleporting in um but but alas not that literal um <laughs> but still like you say with the eyes and things like that um and uh, in terms of her backstory i know obviously you can't give too much away um but uh, she's not obviously being a warforged how she arrived she's not from the uh from toro from the material plane um no she, I think, originally is from Eberon, but she she spent some time in the Feylands as well. I believe that's where she was. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I think she says, yeah, the Feywild, that's right. Uh, so, thank in you. Session Zero, yeah, she did. She yeah. did say that, yeah. 
because and that's and it, which again I think adds that mix now where you've come from somewhere that's highly magical and technological to something that's just magical, uh, and where she's picked up some uh, sort of artistic traits to her character. Her character likes to paint. Yeah. a nice nice mix in there and she's yeah she, she's thought about and fleshed out her character uh well and we'll see again we'll see how it all plays together because uh i think she is the other lawful good aha uh-huh. well that was two of them the third one oh no she that... yeah sarah lemon's not there i swear it was her but she was it ezekiel maybe or or celine lawful good Possibly Belmine. Karapticus is neutral good. I can tell you that much. I, mean, I know that much. Um, but yes, uh, the, yeah, no, the, the barbarian is, who paints. Celine. Aha. Celine. The barbarian who paints. Tussle. Uh, hopefully not with blood, but maybe at some point. I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully, guys, that's given you a nice uh, I- intro into uh, the characters in the campaign. Apologies for the uh, issues we were having with tech. Um, absolutely no idea what caused that i will try and get this all edited together though into one uh, video that we can understand uh, to upload to youtube later uh, but speaking of youtube kicking off right now is uh, the first ever session of uh, of the cage the first session proper session one which is titled mirrors go check it out it's the premiere is starting right now on youtube thank you so much Stephen, for giving us uh, that intro uh, the dm for the campaign of course and i guess we'll uh, we'll see you very soon thank you very much jack it's good all right thanks uh and yeah as to all of you at home get on that uh, premiere and hopefully come join us on monday for uh for the next episode of the mainlands campaign so many campaigns so little time anyway good night everyone have a good weekend and stay safe thank you for choosing the cage on the slice and dice podcast you can watch all episodes of the cage the Manylands, our review series don't believe the hype and more all via our youtube channel